Hello everyone, just a quick note before this episode begins. I thought I'd jump in here and let you know that this is part two of our Chester Zoo review. And if you'd like to listen to part one, you can go to the last episode of the podcast and listen to that first of all. In that episode, we talk about the Spare of the Jaguar, the Realm of the Red Ape. We talk about what we had for lunch, our first kind of impressions of the park. We talk about all sorts of stuff that is really, really good, really, really interesting and kind of provides context for what we see in this episode as well. So I guess if you'd like to listen to part one, head back, listen to that now, and then you can jump back onto this one whenever you want. Thank you so much, and yeah, if you are here for part two, I really, really hope you enjoy. Thank you. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, everyone, and welcome to Rezoo, the Zoo Review Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Baker, and I am joined on this brand new journey by my incredible co-host and fellow passionate zoo lover, the one, the only, Jodie McFarlane. Say hello, Jodie. Hello, everyone. Presented by Pangolin, the conservation podcast, this sister show promises to explore, appreciate and highlight the fantastic conservation work of zoos from around the world, while also offering a perspective of the visitor experience. To kick off our zoo review journey, we are starting with the legendary Chester Zoo. Home to 20,000 animals, this incredible collection features everything from charismatic megafauna, such as rhinos and elephants, to small, unusual creatures, such as onagas, hyraxes and eyes. Today, we are going to walk you through our zoo experience, highlighting some of our favourite moments, species and enclosures, as well as some... I have to admit, actually, very few areas (laughs) where we saw room to make the zoo even better than it already is. We'll then wrap up with our two stars and a wish, our nice little conclusion to the show. Thank you all for joining us. Let's get started. While you are talking about things you are so passionate about, such as as food and pizza and lunch, I believe (laughs) it is time to mention the red pandas. We have mentioned them previously, yes. uh, but I will let you take the lead on red pandas because, of course, they are your absolute favourite. So what did you think of the red pandas at Chester Zoo? Yeah, so for anyone that, you know, hasn't met me before or heard anything about me, I absolutely love red pandas and I tend to lose my mind whenever I see them, which Jack will will definitely back me up there. He has had to put up with me many a time, standing, making all sorts of incomprehensible noises as I'm watching red pandas running about in trees above me. So yeah, we'd seen the bonus surprise red panda um, in the orangutans and then we got to the, the area where their sort of main enclosure was. And I feel like we couldn't really see them on the day we were doing our tour but because we were there for the whole weekend and we were there the next day for the conference at one point we kind of popped out and went for another look at the red pandas just because they were close to the building that we were in and I'm sure we got a better view of them the second time because they were kind of on the move but that first day I feel like we couldn't really see them and they were kind of just like their enclosure feels like it's almost sort of tucked away on the edges but to be fair I think there was this sort of not decking, that's the wrong word, but there was like panelling along the outside of their enclosure that is there for the the light show that's going on in the winter. And so that was obscuring some of the viewing kind of windows. So I feel like that's not really the zoo's fault. Like they have to have those windows obscured to have the light thing set up and that's only there for the winter. But it was just kind of a shame because it meant for visitors who are there during the day, 
there wasn't really much chance to see the red pandas, which I get, they'd spend a lot of their day in trees sleeping, so you're not seeing much anyway. But if you're a red panda fanatic like me, you really want like optimum viewing chances. So that was maybe like one, again, a tiny nitpicking thing that probably only I care about. But yeah, I just thought it was a little bit tricky to spot them. I like so nitpicky that you have fully comprehended and understood why that was there. That must yes. and deciphered. And okay, them that for must it, be... but I'm yes. still going to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's probably yeah. That's the thing. There was those that screen was there, and I don't know. Yeah, it was maybe for the privacy of the animals for whatever reason. But it was yeah. It, it did obscure the view. I understand why it was there. Would have liked to see them more. Can't really complain, but also because they're your favorite. Yeah, that's a very fair and balanced, uh, very fair and balanced opinion. I would say. Um, and not as long as I thought it would be. I've I've reserved 15 to 20 minutes for Red Panda Chat, so um, we'll better get moving on then. Uh, <laughs> and then from one very small and cute animal to a slightly larger, um, faster, more intimidating, but still quite cute animal, um, we had the cheetahs. Um, now, mm. we walked up the ramp to the cheetahs, and I love... I, I think it's I didn't realize I was a cat person, but clearly I am because I love the cheetahs and they were always every time we went and saw them, they were up and about and they were doing something. And again, in Namibia, the or Chester Zoo is um, donating GPS collars uh, to try and track cheetahs because there's a big issue similarly to the Komodo dragons where the cheetahs will take livestock and they'll kind of hunt these things. And obviously that then upsets the farmers so if the farmers can track where they are they can kind of help to minimize the conflict and keep the two things separate as much as possible so that's really interesting um and yeah um i love seeing them i there's something about cheetahs that i mean it's nice when you see them go um i've been lucky enough to go to south africa and see a cheetah just fault um, and it's very very impressive but it was also nice to see cheetahs when they were more kind of chill um mm. having a snack uh relaxing having a bit of a wonder and it was a great enclosure i think because not only did they have the glass kind of panel for photographers like with the lions and with the jaguars they also had this above walkway looking down so you could kind of get a full perspective of the enclosure and see everything that that the space had to offer and it was yeah it was a really nice well done thing right in the center of the zoo Mm -hmm. that again it kind of kept the energy high there was no low points it kind of everywhere you looked there was something exciting and interesting and the cheetahs mm -hmm. kind of helped continue that that theme um, yeah yeah i would say that's something that chester does well is that the the sort of sequence of their animals if that's the right word you know as you're following the route round rather than be like bam 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 lots of big ones sort of big charismatic ones and then lots of littler ones in a row i feel like it spaces everything out in quite a sensible way so that you're getting a nice mix of big and small and then the more well-known and then the perhaps less well-known so that it is really keeping it fresh as you're going along and um it's never sort of one note but yeah i agree with what you said there about the cheetah enclosure because initially when i walked up i thought this is a really big space Typically, if there's a really big space, you might not really see the animals much. But then actually, as you say, because it had the sort of walkway where you could view them from up above, and then it also had the space with the glass where you were down on their level and they could come like really close. Um, I thought that was uh, a nice sort of feature. So, yeah. Mm. So, yes, we then kind of wandered down from the cheetahs and saw what was, uh, I think, a great example of what Chester does really well, which is mixed species habitats. Um, where they have their camels and their onagers. Um, now, a camel, of course, most people can picture. Big, hairy, 
huge. I forgot how big a camel was, uh, big hairy things. Um, and then an onager, which is an Asiatic wild ass, one of the rarest equids in the world. Um, so kind of, it's almost like, looks almost like a Shavalsky's horse, but kind of in donkey form. Um, but I think they're a bit smaller, a uh, bit kind of more, but they still have that same kind of ginger color. That's where I was coming from with that. And I think it was a great, again, a great space great to see, to see two things mixed together and working together and yeah I, I really like the really like the space there wasn't much to say about this one um but i thought i wanted to mention it because it does kind of highlight the kind of mixed species habitats which we saw a lot with the kind of um orangutans and gibbons and all sorts of different things i think it it, it worked well and it, it was a nice thing to see I don't really have anything to add there. I was just sitting thinking, what was what was going on with me while that was happening? But I feel like by that point, you were there taking photos with your camera and I was standing next to you just shouting into the void, like ranting about how much I loved it and how like yeah. exciting everything was <laughs> and how it was so well designed and how I wished that the zoo was closer to us so that we could go all the time. So I think I was having a little passionate moment there to myself while you were standing with your camera being like, uh-huh, just wishing <laughs> I would be quiet so that you could get a good shot. Um, and then you like swiftly kind of swept me away back up the ramp so that I would stop ranting, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and up back up the ramp en route to the Andean bears and the capybara. But on the way, and I would like to give an honourable mention to this, was the bats. Now, the bats was closed and I don't know if it's permanently closed and I don't know. I think it might just be for COVID um, purposes because it is, of course, all indoors. But I would like to give an honourable mention to that because I remember loving that as a child in equal parts because it was fascinating to see bats but also uh see my parents and sister terrified by bats swooping over their heads um so <laughs> yeah so just an honorable mention to that before we get to of course the andean bears and capybara now the andean bears i knew as spectacle bears because they have these kind of patterns around their eyes that look like they're wearing glasses uh which is quite interesting and yeah the zoo again um supports a project in peru i feel like this is going to go without saying from now on but pretty much anything that they have they are supporting a project somewhere to do with it and mm -hmm. again i thought it was a great space where there was the ability for us to see them but there was also the ability to hide with the capybaras that were opposite they um had a great huge huge space again which all sorts of yeah just really good open spaces at this stage which mm -hmm. i really really enjoyed and yeah i don't know what your thoughts were i, I guess I feel like this was another moment where I was having a moment and meanwhile you were behind me like taking photos so we looked at the bears and I feel like the bears had maybe just been fed or they were getting in amongst some enrichment or something and I feel like yeah from what I could see of it that looked like a good enclosure there was a lot of space there was a lot of there was a lot of people standing watching them at that point because they were eating um mm. but it never felt too crowded in like there was lots of space for visitors to watch them but also the bears weren't just sort of fully on show you know they had a lot of leafy areas that they could have hidden and whatnot but yeah so you were busy taking photos of them and then i turned around and saw the capybaras and in my head i don't know i just thought they were really small and so i turned around and saw this huge capybara and just lost my head about it so yeah, that's what how I remember that moment. I was just standing, ranting about them because I was just blown away. Clearly you'd reached peak joy by this point because you were no I longer chasing Yeah, it's like, you know when you take a child to the zoo and you get like just over the halfway point of the day and they're getting a bit tired and they're hyper and overexcited. I feel like I'd hit that point and mm -hmm. I was just like having a moment to myself. You were on a, and we were on a mission by this point because I think we were realizing we did not have much time left of the day and we'd spent a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. In the first kind of half of our adventure. And so 
we were kind of starting to panic a little bit because we then looked at the map and saw the islands area, which I believe, and I, you could charge full ticket price for just the islands area as a zoo in its own. Mm. And it would be fully justified. It had species including cassowary, uh, tree kangaroo, kangaroo, Sumatran orangutans, tapirs, tigers, Visayan worried pigs, bantings, sun bears, binturongs, gharials, all sorts of things just in this island area. Mm-hmm. And it was made up of this kind of outdoor space, um, which had kind of a boat trip and all that sort of stuff, but also yeah. the indoor monsoon forest area. Like it was an expansive but still fantastic space and I feel like we're gonna have to really condense the conversation because there is so much we could go into yeah I just love this this section I don't even know where to begin I guess if we start with the theming perhaps Mm -hmm. um I I, if I if I was to give my opinion on the theming it would be 10 out of 10 because sometimes when you go to zoos and they are trying to do kind of an islands or what would be considered an exotic or tropical I'm doing air quotes theme they go very stereotypical, almost to the point where you're like, this could be considered offensive or mm-hmm. just overly stereotypical in the theming because you've got a tiger from India. So you're going all in on the Indian kind of cultural references in a way which isn't particularly cultural sensitive. Chester did not have that problem at all to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it is in the eye of the beholder. There may be someone who goes there and, and says that they are part of that culture and they do find it kind of to be a bit iffy. But for me personally, I didn't think it went too far. I, I thought it was the perfect level of theming where you had kind of the gift shops and the food stalls and everything were built in a certain way and matched a certain way. And it was just a really, really well done and kind of perfect moment of, of the zoo. And that's why we've kind of grouped it together because it all kind of looped into this one inclusive, holistic space. And I Yeah, it had it its really own clever. really distinctive little theme, didn't it? Yeah. Um, And so I don't know, what were your thoughts on the theming, perhaps, if we get started with that? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there about the boat. And I feel like I saw the boat and that was it for me. I was just like, oh, wow. Like, we didn't have time to go on the boat just because, as you say, by this point, we'd reached the the point of the day where we had to start just kind of bombing it round. So, yeah, we didn't perhaps have as much time to spend in this area as I wish that we would have. But yeah, the boat, Jack, the boat. Just, <laughs> I, I love a little boat. Everyone loves a boat. So I think that was a really clever thing to throw in, especially because they don't have like the monorail anymore. I feel like the boat was just clever and I absolutely would have gone on it had we had more time. And I liked that as you were wandering around, like the th- I had like the bridges and stuff that were all like pulling into the theme and all the signage was kind of themed. And then every so often like, you would go over a bridge and the boat was going underneath us like the whole thing just felt connected and like it felt like it was a very distinctive theme from the rest of the zoo but still absolutely fit in with the rest of the zoo at the same time if that makes sense yes i could not agree more and in terms of species i think again perfect kind of moment to highlight they had things like the sumatran tigers and the orangutans mixed in and um, and the tapirs, which I love, and I'm going to, the tapir habitat was fantastic, loved it, 10 out of 10, but I could talk, tapirs are one of my favourite species, so I could talk about them for hours, but we'll kind of draw that, but they also had it mixed in with other animals that people wouldn't necessarily stop and see, they had types of squirrel, they had the Visayan warty pigs, they had the cassowary, they had um, binturongs, gharials, and I know by special request, you have been, <laughs> you have been asked to talk about binturongs, Jodie, so please, um, you can I have. shout out who and why and 
yes, go for it. Yes. So for anyone that hasn't already listened to our Christmas special uh, a while back, we were chatting about Edinburgh Zoo and some of the underappreciated stars of the show there. Um, and one animal that is so underappreciated that I forgot to even mention him is Ali the Binturong, who resides at Edinburgh Zoo. Now, Ali is round about 22 years old, I want to say, and I believe is the oldest Binturong in Europe. Um, so he is just a, a lovely little creature. And shout out to Emily um, from Edinburgh Zoo, who is just in love with him and has made it her life's mission to promote him to visitors um, because he's just so underappreciated and he's a star. And yeah, I feel like those animals in general kind of are a little bit underappreciated just because they're quite odd. And I feel like people maybe don't really know what they are. And that's fair because if you looked at them and you'd never seen one before, it's like, it's not a bear, it's not a lemur, like it's kind of some weird mix of a few different animals just to look at them. But I really liked the enclosure that they were in because they were in the bit with the sun, bears yep. I believe mm -hmm. which like seems almost like a bit of an odd mix but then actually I think it worked and that space was just huge and yeah I just feel like Chester Zoo were really appreciating the Binturongs and making the most of them and I appreciated that yeah I think so and it was a it was a great way to put them kind of there with the orangutans and with all of these things were kind of they were they had a moment to shine and be kind yeah. of here yeah. is a binturong. And similarly for me, I guess my binturong, uh, which I would like to highlight is the cassowary. Now, we didn't get to see the cassowary, mm -hmm. sadly, but I would also, I would encourage everyone to look up a cassowary if you are not familiar, because they are fantastic, fantastic birds. All, maybe, maybe tied with the Victoria crown pigeons for my favourite species of bird, because they are like the modern equivalent of a velociraptor. Um, yeah. So it was nice to see those as highlighted. The tree kangaroo, as much as he wouldn't look in my camera, which very was very offensive and upsetting to me, did appreciate him or them. I'm I'm unsure of gender. We'll go with um, them. Um, we also the tigers. I thought was excellent. Um, yeah, almost too excellent nice because. <laughs> yes, I almost too excellent in a way because they were. It was such a huge space. Uh, we got very lucky because it was sat right next to the glass. But I feel like if you were there on an off day, there was not a hope you would find a tiger in that space because it was no, no. And I feel huge. like what with us being zoo people, we know sort of tiger behavior. Like we knew, okay, there'll be lots of different windows for this one enclosure. There'll be different areas, so mm. it makes sense that quite a few of the windows you look in, you're not going to see anything but we'll hopefully see them eventually or her, not sure. And um, we'll see them eventually. But yeah, it got to the point where we'd gone by many a window and seen no tiger. And even you and I were getting a bit like, is there a tiger in here? Like, um, <laughs> but yeah, but again, that's not a bad thing. It's just because it's such a, a huge enclosure. And then eventually I feel like we got to the very last tiger window and there they were just basking in the November sunlight as it was starting to kind of go down for the day. Um, so yeah. It was a beautiful moment, I think, mm -hmm. um, and similar a similar thing with the orangutans. I feel like walking through the monsoon forest, it was like, where are these orangutans? We've seen gibbons, we've seen, what were it? Was it Sulawesi? Oh, Sulawesi type of, oh, something from Sulawesi that kind of was wandering around. We'd seen all of that and it was like, where are these orangutans? And we got to the mm -hmm. end and there was the little baby one who fell flat on his face and it was very cute, but also kind of like, oh no. So it was another fantastic space. And I think good to have both types of orangutan uh, at Chester, two distinct kind of groups, because it highlights that these creatures used to be found over a huge area. And now they're only found in these two places, Borneo and Sumatra, I believe. And so great to have the two distinct 
moments where you can appreciate the the species. I guess for the islands, was there anything else I wanted to highlight? Banting, of course, everyone loves it. Everyone knows I love a banting. Um, <laughs> and the gharial, I think I wanted to highlight because if you watch Secret Life of the Zoo, the last series, there was someone in with them trying to train them and they looked big on TV and they looked even bigger in real life. And so the person who goes in and looks after those animals claps to you because fantastic. They are huge and scary and I don't know how you do it. Um, but I think that was kind of all of my island thoughts. Um, I have one more island thought that I would like to jump in here with. Um, okay. And again, it's not animal related. This time it's about the shop because okay. they had the main gift shop at the beginning of the zoo and then I believe the second shop that we came to was in this area and it was like a more I guess it fitted in with the island theme like the kind of stuff that they were selling in there and the reason I liked it was because it was different for a start from the the shop at the beginning um, and it made sense with the kind of products they were selling it fitted in with the theme and it was highlighting you know fair trade and you know all that kind of jazz which was really good and also it, it just struck me that that was only the second shop that we'd come across and it made me think like sometimes you can go to places like this and it feels a bit like there's a lot of shops trying to sell you for want of a better word, just kind of a lot of tat, which like, you know, hey, places are trying to make money and everyone loves a souvenir, but you know, sometimes it just feels a bit like this is just here to try and make money. Whereas with that shop, it was nice. It felt like the products there made sense and it wasn't too in your face. And yeah, so I was just pleasantly surprised that I didn't feel like Chester was pushing me to buy tat. Yes. And I feel like that's a strange compliment, but I know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think there was no everything seems good quality. It was nice. It was and it was nice to have that kind of halfway point where if you if you felt the urge to spend, you could mm -hmm. get something unique at this shop rather than what yes. was at the front as well. So, yes, exactly. Yes. Um, and that has also reminded me of something. One last thing I want to highlight about the islands. And I didn't find this out until I went onto the website to just do a little bit of refresher research before the the before we recorded this and um, but they also don't they uh, Chester Zoo generally does not just protect animals as part of this and it was highlighted under the island section they protect plants as well and um, they're home to five national plant collections including the Nepenthes Nepenthes I work in a botanic garden I should know how to pronounce those collection <laughs> and this is a species of plant that is the tropical pitcher plant and um, which is basically their flesh eaters. They'll catch bugs and lizards and all sorts of things. And so it's great to highlight, I think, because zoos, not just animals all the time, not just gift shops, as we've just mentioned, also plants, which is always a nice positive twist, I think, because not many people expect to see that when we get to the zoo. Yeah. So now we are over the hump. We are on the home stretch. This feels like I feel like we may have to split this in two. I haven't decided yet. We'll see how we get on with these last sections, but we are towards the end. We are on point 18 we had written down which is <laughs> Africa we had once we got through the islands we passed through what I'm calling Africa because it had zebra rhino aardvark hyrax meerkats porcupine hunting dogs all sorts of different incredible African species that were yes it's hard to kind of review them in a sense because and they all kind of had the same pluses which was the paddocks that they were kept in um, for the kind of large herbivores and as well as the um, the painted dogs, they were huge, like huge mm. spaces. And I always remember kind of as a child walking around that space and just feeling like 
it was endless like and still to this day it's there's huge huge spaces with a huge variety of species and it's hard to say kind of oh they're especially creative include but like you don't need to be super creative when you're dealing with zebra i suppose if the enrichment is good and all that sort of stuff so it was yeah they were big open paddocks and that's kind of why i've grouped them together but also in between the paddocks you had aardvark and hyrax and meerkats and so these little exciting movie things as well yeah Um, now it was very satisfying for me to see an aardvark finally because as part of my msc i was meant to photograph one but never could so it was a nice uh moment um and generally throughout the area there was good signage there was good everything and just a big huge long experience of kind of walking around this area but seeing all of these things like the rhino were just was just fantastic and i suppose while i'm while i've got the the microphone I'll, i'm going to highlight a couple of conservation points and then i'll let you take over jody but a couple okay. of conservation pi- uh, points to raise chester zoo is fighting for the survival of the eastern black rhino and they're working with rhino rangers and game scouts who are kind of on the front line with the illegal wildlife trade so they're kind of working in that element and they're also i I think they've had several uh, rhinos born at Chester, so really successful in that aspect. And also with the painted dogs, they're working uh, with the National Park in Tanzania on kind of translocations and reintroductions of painted hunting dogs. And so, yes, uh, also in Zimbabwe, they have uh, a vaccinations project. So all sorts of different stuff that good to highlight because these are very popular species, but they're also very endangered species. So good thing to highlight that Chester, once again, is doing its bit to to work not just within the zoo but also out in the field so that is my my long spiel about all of these african animals gone what what were your thoughts of all of these kind of larger african themed paddocks um the thing that i was impressed with is that although it was a very big space you could still see loads and what i mean by that is that often if you've got a really really big enclosure you know everything might be in one area so you see it way over this side and by the time you get over to the other side of the enclosure there's nothing really to see because you saw them over that side whereas with like with the rhinos for example we went indoors and there was rhinos indoors and then we came out and there was a rhino outside at this bit and then we walked all the way along to the end of the rhino bit and there was another two so it felt like all the way (laughs) along there was just more rhinos you know that were spread out in all the different corners which I guess is a good thing because that's the benefit of having a large collection um which is always impressive and I was glad to see that they had a big space for them as well um and yeah what you mentioned there as well about how sort of interspersed and amongst all these kind of really big paddocks they had these little slightly more focused enclosures that had smaller animals that were going to be very active and then you can you can sort of you know that you'll be able to see something going on there whereas out in the bigger paddock you might not necessarily if things are further away or whatever so I feel like they've used that space cleverly in that respect. Yes yes I think so and it's yeah I I can't say really more than that it was always exciting Mm. to keep walking and keep seeing and keep just experiencing all of these things and even things like meerkats which we've seen a hundred times before it was nice to see them and it was nice it was just a great format and layout of this whole area and yes yeah. and again, also i feel like honorable mention has to go to the little hyrax that we saw that oh just i have a picture of, i don't know if we can link the picture somehow but i just feel like this was a mm-hmm. a whole 2020 <laughs> to 2021 mood because he was just flat out lying there i mean i've never you know identified with an animal more and i just really (laughs) appreciate his vibe so yeah i i appreciate that i i yeah i can agree he was chill vibes only chill vibes 
only. Well, Clearly, we've been recording for too long because I've just used the words chill vibes only. Um, <laughs> I'll quote that somewhere. Uh, please don't quote me on that. Uh, but he was chill vibes only. Uh, <laughs> we then will keep on moving because as much yeah, as moving like, swiftly on from that, keep moving from chill vibes only. We don't want to think about that for too much. It'll just be upsetting for you all. Uh, we moved on to the monkey house and then through to the greater one horned rhino. And again, these are areas which I've we've stacked praise on Chester time and time and time again, but it was just fantastic spaces. The Greater One Horned Rhino, we have Edinburgh Zoo, so we're familiar with them. We love them. Sanjay and Khabib, we have Edinburgh. We love them so much. But at Chester, again, a huge space, brilliant, fantastic layout. Uh, the Monkey House, again, fantastic space, kind of a, a smaller house compared to some of the other ones that they have, but it was a nice little kind of house tucked away. Uh, something I would mention, though, is we almost walked right past it. So even though it's right at the entrance, if you're kind of looping one way round or looping the other way round, it's kind of right in the center of the two directions you would go. So if you don't, if you're not paying attention for it, you might miss it. So keep an eye out. And just a success that I was I found out about while I was reading on the website. So in the monkey house was born a rare Colombian black-headed spider monkey. So they are considered to be vulnerable by the, the IUCN, the International Union for the Conservation of Nature. And so another conservation success story that involves a cute baby. So had to be mentioned. Um, I don't know. These were very, we were kind of getting to the end of our journey here. And we've kind of praised Chester for all of the other things that similar things throughout but i don't know did you have any any standout things about either the rhinos or the monkeys or what about this section did you enjoy um i don't feel like i have really much to add by that point i feel like by this point we were really watching the clock and we were just mm -hmm. bombing it by this point um because obviously with it being the winter the zoo closes a lot earlier and there was a light show on that evening as well which meant it was closing even earlier um so we were just concerned with not missing anything else and i think one thing that we talked about with this not specifically that part but that whole area of the map in general is that it's um a very big space but you can cover it quite quickly because for it being such a big space there's not necessarily loads packed into it and not in a bad way but just because it's larger paddocks and things so although it looks like a really big space you can kind of go around it quite quickly so by that point we were just trying to bomb it to get that bit done um not bomb it literally <laughs> throw in there um no but yeah we were just trying to make sure that we hadn't missed anything and as you say we almost missed that um and there was a few other things that we kind of missed on the way around so we were trying to nip back to get them before we ran out of time yes and i think linking that links nicely on to the area which we visited last which was the lovely butterfly house now i will let you take the lead on this because yeah you loved it you just I did, it. I did. And again, <laughs> like because we were running out of time, this is one of the places that we were kind of like, do we really need to go back and see that? But I was like, no, do you know what? I like a butterfly house. I want to go. So we nipped back. They were kind of around on the way to the lions. And I'm really glad that we did because I thought it was lovely. And now anyone who's not a fan of butterflies or insects, do not go in here because <laughs> there were so many butterflies i've been in, in butterfly and insect houses before and there's like you know there is a few flying around but just one every so often one will just gently flutter past whereas you walked in the door and it was like a cloud of color like they were everywhere i didn't think it could be possible to have so many in there and it was just just really nice and again one of those things where it's like you're in their space so you have to respect them and 
So it was just, yeah, like for it being pretty busy in there and a lot of flappy things going by your face, like it was just a nice chill vibe wandering around. And yeah, yeah, I just, I mean, I don't have anything really fancy to say about it. I just thought it was really lovely. Um, they also had a little window where you could see all the sort of chrysalises and the cocoons and everything, um, which was a nice little touch as well. And they had feeding stations dotted about so that you could see them kind of be still and a nice little touch is that they had a big full-length mirror at the end so that you could check yourself to make sure no butterflies had landed on you before you left so yeah I just feel like it was a really wholesome note to kind of end the day on yes I think so and I couldn't agree more there's nothing really more for me to add there because it was it was it was like being in a music video or something like you would walk in (laughs) and there was just butterflies everywhere Mm -hmm. um which as a person whose glasses steamed up as immediately as soon as we walked in was amazing but also quite stressful because I was like am I going to step on anything is there something about to hit me in the face what's that coming towards me because they're huge butterflies like is this another bird that's going to swoop at me what's going to happen um but like yeah fantastic wonderful uh note to end on I think and I suppose not the uh final final thing that we ended on because um we of course had to pass the elephants one more time on the way out and this is where maybe one criticism comes in i love seeing the elephants love them so much but the when we got out and we looked at the map it appears that there is an indoor elephant house and i remember the indoor elephant house from when i was younger and i remember going in and loving it and all these sorts of things but we missed it and i don't know whether it was just us not paying attention to signage or whatever it was or we just didn't think it was there it was just the signage wasn't a hundred percent clear in this area about where you should go to see the elephant house and the indoor elephant house and maybe just us missing it but something to point out that there is the indoor elephant house so if you can get yeah. in make the most yeah of the and i think like house, because so. we like we had studied the map extensively we had planned our route. <laughs> it was a military operation you know to get around that in the short amount of time that we had so the fact that we not only missed something but like didn't even realize it was there I think like for us anyone that knows us like that speaks volumes that we missed something um so I feel like if there's a way to make a slightly bigger song and dance about that then maybe that's something that could be done but I think from looking at the map it almost looks like the entrance to that is kind of round where the shop is so like feels like it's more in that entrance area rather than inside the body of the zoo itself so yeah maybe it's just I don't know I don't know but yeah that's something that I would look at because I was like sad that we'd missed that because that's definitely something that we would have loved. Yes although not to be a downer to end on seeing the elephants get fed at the end of the day was fascinating. Fantastic. Yeah well yeah they weren't inside anyway so actually we yeah didn't and I could have stood there all day Um, it just goes to show that we're the type of people that we like to go inside places and read signs even if there's no animals so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no it was a fantastic wonderful inspiring way to end and yes really perfectly key point to put those elephants in well done Chester because you are inspire at the start and inspire at the end and that brings us kind of to the end of our day at Chester Zoo over I feel like we have been around we've spent almost as long in this podcast as we did at the zoo um (laughs) and but that kind of brought us to the the end of the journey um for the day and it was fantastic it was wonderful but before we give our concluding thoughts I think there are a couple bonus things that we wanted to mention and highlight Mm -hmm. um starting with just very quick highlights the Chester Zoo app so before you go to Chester they have an app that helps you plan your day it has a map make sure to download it fantastically useful when we were going round just brilliant brilliant use only thing about the app I wish I could turn the map a bit turn it just needed slightly more 
flexibility with being able to orientate the map maybe to mm -hmm. where you were. But mm -hmm. apart from that, excellent, loved it. I, I was the one kind of driving the app, so I don't know if you have any comments, but I the one thing accepted. that we discussed at the time that I feel like would be a really good addition to the app if it's possible to implement this was to have some kind of way that you could check off the points on the map as you went round. Because if you had some kind of checking off system that would make it easier to see what you'd already seen and what you still had to see, then I feel like that could just be a really helpful addition. Yeah, just because they have the little markers for each animal. So even if the marker just changed colour, well, it's, yeah, it's like yeah. Now and went to red or something, or as you yeah. take it Because as I say, like with us, it was a military operation by the end. But even we were getting a little bit confused, being like, "Wait, so what do we still have to see?" So I feel like someone who don't, you know, someone who doesn't take it seriously as we do, would easily be missing things and getting themselves all confused. So I feel like some kind of system like that would be just really helpful. Yeah. Then number two bonus point, we had the shops written down, but I think we've kind of covered the shops already and how we much did, we enjoyed yeah, them. Yeah, I made my point about the shops. <laughs> um, I do think the one thing I would say though, at the gift shop at the, the start, there was a lot of variation, but there was a, just a couple of <laughs> things missing that I feel like I would have yep. enjoyed. So they had the reusable coffee cups and things, but there was just something like, there wasn't anything really that I was like, I really, I need this. And I was looking to spend money and it just wasn't, and it might just be that there's not anything really aimed at our age group because they did have um, the coffee cups, but I have so many coffee cups that mm. I don't really need that. They had gins and alcohols and biscuits and chocolates and sweets, which I think would be good gifts for maybe people, but not to buy for yourself personally necessary. And then they had a lot of good stuff for kids. Yeah, um, good. They also yeah, had a really the one good thing... section, but not, yeah, not, yeah. nothing that just kind of, I was looking to spend money and nothing really grabbed me instantly. So that would maybe be my one thing about the shop. Yeah, the one thing that I pointed out at the time was magnets. I love a magnet. I buy my gran a magnet from every place I ever go to because she collects them. And I happily would have bought a Chester Zoo magnet. But I feel like, I think the second day we went, you found like one set of magnets. With um, Yeah, but I mean, I like, I like a magnet. I like a key ring, you know, just something little to remind me. Because that's something that I then would use. I would put it on my fridge or on my keys. Um, mm. So yeah, and I feel like you can't really go wrong with them. Like it's a staple, you know that they'll sell. So I would have liked more of that. I think I would have bought that. Perfect. I guess the the, the next point then, uh, we have opening hours. Now this is something yes. I feel strongly about because we arrived bang on opening time and we struggled to get round. Now granted, mm. we're the type of people we like to see everything, but in the winter months, closing at half past three, I think on a weekend is a bit of a, a bit early. I, that extra half hour till four, I think would have made all the difference. And I'm sure during yeah. the summer, they have much longer open hours, probably till about six. But when we went in November, because they had the light show starting, the zoo closed at half past three. And that's just not enough time to get round when it's such a fantastic, amazing collection. You just don't yeah. have time to get round. Mm -hmm. And I felt like you could have held off for the light show starting maybe half an hour maybe an hour just to give because it wasn't dark maybe when it gets further into winter you could close it earlier but it seems odd during a weekend when it's going to be busier than during the week to close early I, I don't know I felt kind of conflicted because I do understand why they have to close early but yeah I would have just valued that even that extra half hour pushing it to four I think would have gone a long way to making the yeah. visit just slightly less rushed yeah, so. I completely agree with that. And I get it because, you know, we do um, lights and lanterns and things at Edinburgh. I've worked them in the past. So I totally understand the logistical side of that. You need time to kind of 
turn everything over you need time to give staff breaks if anyone's staying on for a double shift and thing you know I get it but yeah the thing is though in Edinburgh like even if if Edinburgh closes I think they have kind of the same winter opening hours as well they open at 10 and then they close at four in the winter or half past three if it's a lantern evening but the difference with Edinburgh is even closing at half past three you still have plenty of time to get around the zoo in that time. Maybe you can't go around as many times as you want to, but you will still be able to get around and see everything. Whereas with Chester, closing at half past three, although we managed it, as I say, we bombed it uh, at some places and we had had to plan it meticulously to make sure that we could make the most of the time. Where And even we struggled. So I feel like if you're a collection like that, that is so big and so amazing, yeah, there's just... I feel like there's physically not time to get round it in that amount of time. And as you say, even that, that extra half hour would have just taken the pressure off a teeny bit. Yes, yes. And it, yeah, I, I think about if I was there with my gran or with like a parent or someone who just, if I was pushing yeah. a buggy round, you just this never quite make it. So yeah. that's mm-hmm. just kind of where I'm coming from. And yeah, I think that's a fair a fair critique. Oh my gosh, we've actually criticised something up to <laughs> <laughs> So sorry, Chester. I'm so sorry. Um, no. Next point of our bonus points, the monorail. The monorail, of course, is now shut. I remember it from ch- from childhood, loving it. And um, but I do see why it it would close just to to fit with the the kind of needs of a, a modern zoo and all of these things. I do miss it, but worth highlighting that they did have it. You can still see the legacy almost of the monorail because there are chunks of it still around as uh, mm-hmm. part of the path. But yeah, just to highlight to anyone who didn't know before they go, it's not there anymore. Um, because I was yeah. quite surprised when I looked it up before we went that it was gone. Um, I feel like the reason that we had that on the list is because obviously I hadn't been before. I didn't know that they had had it. So as we were going around, there was a few kind of big metal construction-y things like sticking out at random places and in random enclosures. And I was a bit like, what's going on here? And then Jack explained that it was the monorail. So yeah, I just feel like if you're going to have to, I imagine because most of it's been taken away, the few bits of the structure that are still there can't be removed for whatever reason. But it's like, well, if you can't get rid of it, maybe like have a sign somewhere that explains that it's the remnants of the monorail. Because otherwise, you know, a visitor who doesn't know any better like me might look at it and be like, oh, what's going on here? And like, it's a little bit of an eyesore. So maybe they do have a sign somewhere that explains about it. But mm-hmm. yeah, if not, maybe that's something worth putting in just so people aren't complaining about it being an eyesore and they realise it's actually something legit. Because one thing we know, people will find things to complain about, as we yeah. have, <laughs> yeah. as we have just done. To be fair, but yeah, people will find things. Um, I suppose next stop, um, and speaking of signage, actually, a moment of signage which I really appreciated was outside, I believe, the Parrot Reading Centre. It was the history of the zoo kind of panels, and so it told, oh, yeah. like, kind of highlighted various moments in the zoo's history. I thought it was an interesting and excellent outdoor space to just kind of highlight where the zoo had been, where it is now, and what it's planning and what it's done, and just a nice thing and I think it's an important thing to look back on the legacy of zoos and what they were and what they were becoming and what the role is now compared to before and it was just a nice moment to highlight so I thought something to look out for while you're there and make sure and check out those signs Mm -hmm. did you have anything to add there there wasn't really much nice and finally our final bonus point is of course uh, the nature reserve which we didn't get a chance to visit because we were flying around the zoo Um, but the nature reserve uh, was officially established in 2013 it's a big huge section of land outside Chester Zoo which is home to things like kingfishers and hedgehogs and mice and people say they've spotted otters and stuff there as well so a great outdoor section to promote UK wildlife 
alongside the more tropical and diverse species that we have kind of within the zoo space. So another thing to highlight there and another big plus is that they're doing this kind of UK conservation work as well as the conservation work in countries further afield. So yes, I really, really liked seeing that element as well. Um, I don't know, did you have anything to add there or again kind of just a big check next to their names? Not really yet, that was just a nice little touch and again I think if we'd been there in the summer that's the kind of thing maybe we would have had time to go and do at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, it's a, I like that it's an addition that is there if people want to make the most of that. Yes, now that brings us to the end. We have done it. I'm now looking at the recording time and it, this will probably be edited down, but we've been here for two hours, Jody. We have <laughs> we have ploughed through our experience of Chester. We have reviewed, resued everything um, <laughs> and we are now at the end. And to wrap up, I thought we'd use the classic primary school formula of two stars and a wish because it always works. What were our two maybe we can think of a more creative if you've got ideas of a create more creative animal conservation themed way to phrase that please let us know um so we can include that in future episodes of Razoo. but for now we have two stars and a wish jody do you want to start what was one of your stars one of my stars i mean i feel like it's just got to be the elephants it just has to yeah. be i just and i feel like i don't even need to explain why because we've said it all just elephants full stop elephants full stop the research i'm going to add on it the research the fantastic enclosure the kind of herpes virus fighting that they're doing everything plus 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 tick 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 my first star um was not the elephants it was the jaguars i almost cried when i saw the jaguars i don't know why i just feel this connection with them i love them so much it was a nice nostalgic moment of looking back on childhood and loving each thing from when i was younger as well as kind of being in the moment and enjoying conservation now and realizing that we're doing good things and we're having this this where people who are doing conservation work are doing good things and it felt this just really invigorating i don't know it was just and the jaguars triggered it so it is a, a slight bias but just a fantastic space and if we include the entire spirit of the jaguar building with the sloths and everything big plus 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 tick 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 big star for me what was your second star jody my second star oh this one's a bit tougher because now i've only got one star left what am i, I know it's, to? It's, you've got to ration them carefully you've got to this ration them it. really carefully this is it i think i would probably give my second star to the realm of the red ape just because i just thought it was such a good building and because it was one of the kind of first things that we went to and it was such a a large and impressive indoor space once we'd gone in there like we'd gone we'd done elephants and then we saw the jaguars and then we'd gone in there and i think that was the moment i kind of realized like oh okay so this standard's just going to be met every single time <laughs> um yeah. and yeah i just thought it was a really lovely space a nice mix of animals it was so impressive to see the orangutans there was a lovely volunteer in there um and yeah it was just it's also some of the indoor buildings run the risk of like when you say their names I have to be like what was in that one again whereas that one I remember what was in it like it's left a really lasting impression in my brain um, and I just think it's really well done and it had a bonus red panda in it so you know I can't complain hashtag team ginger gingers only <laughs> um for the win and yeah I, again yeah completely agree fantastic building great message with this palm oil kind of conservation work again fantastic fantastic from Chester I suppose now I'm very again very torn 
I have written down my answer and I'm I'm swaying. But I think because you mentioned the realm of the red ape, it was tied between those two for me. So I'm glad you mentioned it. And my second star, then I will therefore make the Sifakas. I loved seeing them. I loved seeing all of the Madagascar representation, especially after kind of just completing a podcast series all about Madagascar. It was fantastic. Mm -hmm. It was wonderful. 10 out of 10 to see something so unique and so special that you couldn't see anywhere else in the UK and very few places in Europe was just incredible. So big tick next to the Safakas, even if uh, you had to walk past something that would eat them to get there. So 10 out of 10, <laughs> loved it. Uh, amazing. Um, now this is the hard bit. I'll, solemn music plays. The world's smallest violin is drawn and we have <laughs> the wish. Jody, you're going to have to criticise Chester Zoo and I would like to hear what is your one wish? Well, I know what my wish would be. I've already mentioned it and it's not even a criticism which tells you everything you need to know here. I just, my biggest wish is what I said about the app having some kind of feature that you could tick off the things that you had seen. Mm -hmm. So that's not even a criticism. Like there was nothing wrong with the app or the map or anything. I think it was very good. That's just a way that it could have been even better. Yes. I, I would agree there. I think that would be a, a good use of and functionality. And mm-hmm. yes, I think, yeah, that is a fair, fair point. And I think for me, mine is also something that we brought up right at the very end, because all of the enclosures and all of the excitement and the level of everything was just consistently met throughout. So the only thing that I can think of to say this was a big wish for me mm-hmm. is the opening hours. Yeah. And in the summer, this isn't a problem. That won't be a problem. Like it's it's completely made redundant if it's the summer but just in the winter closing at half past three on a weekend to me made me feel like we were rushing and kind of took away time and enjoyment because we felt like we were kind of going around and if I'm thinking as from the perspective of a family or someone with a buggy or a gran or whatever it is they just wouldn't be able to make it around in that time and so that's why I would say and yeah I don't know I feel bad saying it but I do think I think that's a fair criticism um yeah but yeah that would be my one thing which was just that extra half hour I think would make yeah and again that's not even really a criticism because it's like the time that we did have was fantastic it's just how could that have been made even better if we'd had slightly more of it Mm -hmm. yes exactly exactly and now we're not doing a rating we're not doing a 10 out of 10 we're not doing anything like that for the series we're trying to keep it very positive the whole way through and we're not going to rank people and we're not going to do that we're just going to compare and we're going to see and contrast all of these zoos and all of these experiences and so i suppose in a fair way where we're not ranking if you could sum up your experience in chester zoo with one word what would that word be oh one word Okay, my word is going to be bar because they have set it. <gasps> Look out, future <laughs> zoos and reviews. Uh-huh. Uh, like, we're not ranking you, but take note, the bar has been set. The bar has been set. <laughs> I was going to say incredible, fantastic, show-stopping, never the same, amazing. Oh, just, yeah, I can't sum up, but yes, you are the bar. Bar is the word because the mm-hmm. bar has been firmly and highly set um well done Jodie good one very good one I could put you on the spot there but I'm glad that I did because that is fantastic um <laughs> now uh, that brings us to the end of our our first ever rezoo thank you so much Jodie for joining me I hope you enjoyed this two hour long recap of our experience at Chester Zoo and if you work at Chester Zoo or if you represent the organization thank you so much for listening if you're just listening because you love animals and want to hear more from Pangolin thank you so much for listening 
could not be more grateful for all of you. And yeah, Chester Zoo, you should be exceptionally proud of yourself because you are incredible. Any resources we've mentioned throughout the episode today, I will put in the description of the of the podcast. Also, make sure to subscribe and rate the podcast on your streaming service of choice. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on all of these things. So make sure to subscribe to us on there. Follow us on there. Give us a star rating or whatever they use. That would be fantastic. We very much appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, and please let us know and so, like follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Pangolin Podcast. Follow us on all of those and let us know what where would you let us to like us to rezoo next? Um, we could do anything. Um, we're thinking maybe we should visit the Highland Wildlife Park soon. So if you'd like to hear that, maybe. Um, we've also got so many zoos. We've got Blair Drummond Safari Park near us. We've got Fife Zoo. We've got Edinburgh Zoo. But we might leave that because we're very biased. We might leave that one out <laughs> of it for now. Um, but yeah, let us know what you want. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, and um, I don't know. We don't have an official sign-off yet, so I guess we can just say... um, See you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye.